0: Well, good morning, everybody. I didn't know I had to have this, and I didn't know I was being recorded, so I just added a whole new level of anxiety here and stuff. Um, So we're going to open with prayer, because I'm probably going to need it. (laughs) Our Heavenly Father, Father, we just thank you for your word, and and, uh, just appreciate it so much that you want to reveal your character to us and uh, I just pray today that our focus is on your word and uh, that uh, it takes precedence overall and that your truth is heard loud and clear regardless of how it may come from up here so I just appreciate these people so much that are just looking to to know more about you in Jesus name we pray amen So um, I haven't been in here a whole lot over the last few weeks, because I'm usually in some other class, so and Ian was good enough to have a video last week when I was going to watch what he actually did, so. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how much talking and so forth, but feel free to ask any questions or anything as we go along. Um, and, uh, like I said, um, just feel free to, you know, if anything comes up, just to, to say so, so. As we get here, I think last week we had a review uh, before that I think we had a you talked about um, Isaac and and Abraham um, offering up his son. Um, I think that was the last lesson that you actually had on that and so over the last uh, six or seven weeks we've been in a my wife and I have been in a, a marriage lesson class a marriage class that uh, Scott and Alicia were doing and I'm fortunate enough that I've been married for forty years and And we decided to go, and we heard a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the reasons and the motives um, that we have for getting married. And as we, as I was looking at this lesson, um, breathe for a second. (laughs) Sorry. So as we're looking at this lesson and and uh, thinking about why we got married and why I pursued her, and we talked about all of us, and we all have noble. Thoughts in our mind as motives, but when it came down to it, one thing that drew me to Dorinda first was how God created her, more than whether or not she was going to help me glorify God. Let alone, you know, let alone, uh, uh, let alone help anybody that I'd, God had made a promise to. You know, so, um, so, so, we all had our thoughts. We've all got. We've all seen. Throughout the years we've seen arranged marriages, we've seen peer pressure marriages, we've seen marriages that people have prayed for for years about somebody in particular or someone in general. Um, we see all different kind of things and a lot of times we get, we meet someone and all that stuff just flies out the window, you know, out there. And uh, as Christians we hope that most of the time that no matter what we end up choosing that God will bless us wherever we ended up. and. Uh, there's only a couple marriages that we see throughout history that we can look at and say this thing was made in heaven and we can all say that especially if our wives are next to us we want to be sure and say that But, (laughs) um, but with isaac and rebecca from the very beginning god's sovereign plan we're going to look at it just take step after step it's an obvious thing that he not only blessed decisions that were made over the years before and prior and and their hopes and their dreams but he walked them to the altar basically and apart from Adam and Eve who had no choice whatsoever this is one of the main times that you're going to see in the Bible where God takes two people and sets them there and uh, no matter how you know our relationship with God is and how much control we allow him to have on our lives these two people were destined to be here, and that's what we're going we're to look at tonight. So, or this morning, since we're here. <laughs> so, as we'll see in the section, God has told Abraham that there is, um, you know, about his blessing, all the, all the descendants he's going to have, and they are going to come through Isaac. He's made it clear that they're going through there. And if you look last week, or the week before when you were talking about there, there was two events that happened. First of all, you said you talked about Abraham offering up Isaac, um, and, and through doing that and agreeing to that, showed his trust in God. God reiterates his blessing to Abraham, and, uh, and we also see like a foreshadowing of Jesus, you know, and his sacrifice for us. There's another thing that happened at the end of chapter 22. It's kind of a little side note. On there, and it says in there, um, there's a second event there, and it says, this is a little fact. that says that Abraham's niece was born, just kind of out of the blue at the end. You know, he takes Isaac to the altar and stuff. He's on his way home, and, and then somebody says, "Oh, by the way, your brother had some kids." You know, that's that's kind of the way it throws it in there. Just, uh, but it puts a hint in there that I'm God saying, "Okay, the plan's coming." You know, that's it. So it starts out. So, so Sarah's passed away. Um, Abraham's 137 years old, and that's where we're going to start here in uh, Gen- or, yeah, Genesis chapter 24. Do I need to read into this too? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. <clears throat> I hope you can edit well. So. so, Now, Abraham was old, advanced in age, and Yahweh had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who ruled over all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by Yahweh, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I lived. But you will go to my land and to my kin and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I indeed take your son back to the land from which you came? And Abraham said to him beware lest you take my son back there Yahweh the God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kin and who spoke to me and swore to me saying To your seed I will give this land He will send his angel before you and you will take a wife for my son from there But if the woman is not willing to follow you then you will be able you will be free from this oath of mine Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning the matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master, and he went with all kinds of good things of his master's hand. So he arose and he went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city well, city by the well of water at evening time when the women went out to draw water. And he said, O Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, please cause this to happen before me today and show the loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your jars so that I may drink. She says, drink and I will water your camels also. May she be the one that you have decided for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. So in taking a little bit of a look at this, and like I said, as we go along here, if you have questions, and I may ask questions. I don't know if he does that or not. But but, um, the the type of literature in there, I know he always says this. It probably wouldn't have been on my radar, but uh, this is a historical narrative. So, but uh, the main characters in the account are Abraham and his servant, um, which we believe to be Elizar. And uh, back in Genesis 15, um, Abraham's faith is wavering a little bit. God's telling him more about what he's going to do for him. And he's like, why bother? I still don't have a son. So you're going to give me all this stuff and it's just going to go to my head servant who's in charge of everything I own. So, we assume this is the same, the same person. So, he's been with Abraham a long time. Um, so, so, that's who's uh, the main people in this. So, um, it says in there, what does it say that Abraham, how is he right now? What's his predicament that he's in? Anybody? He's a very old man. Yeah, yeah, he's very old. He's been very blessed. And uh, so... And we figure he's probably you know 139, 140 years old, you know, at this point and stuff. So, so um, he still hasn't seen how God's plan is going to come. He trusts God, but you know it's going there. So, so he decides to uh, to put them in charge of of going out and get a son for Isaac. And uh, it's a pretty big task for, to give for a for a servant. And but it goes to show the trust. We see that kind of through Joseph when he was with Potiphar and all the people, you know, they put somebody in charge of their whole household and they don't bother themselves with anything. And, you know, to, and then for Isaac is going to trust this guy, this servant to bring me back a wife and that's who I have to marry. So, so it's, a it's a little different than, than, uh, kind of the servanthood that we look at, but, um, Abraham had a complete trust in this guy for anything in his life. He knew he was going to be for his best interest. So, so um, Abraham's concern was what, as far as where he got his wife from. Not a All right, not a Canaanite, because he wanted to keep keep the generation to make sure that it was is a pure. From his homeland, because that's what God had told him, that it was supposed to be from, from there. Um, so, he has him make a oath on there, and it's interesting on there, because he doesn't just say, I want you to swear to God, or whatever. It says, I want to swear to the, to the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth. And obviously, throughout Abraham's life, he had seen firsthand that God was in charge of everything in the heavens and everything in the future, everything in the past, everything that's here on the land. So he's giving God full credit, full sovereignty, and the full responsibility of you know he's trusting fully that God's going to going to tell him to to bring the right person there, and he was because he was God overall, and it was. Uh, to make sure that you know as we're, we're looking at this you know talking about you know only Marian is Canaanite person that was that was strictly because of at this particular time and uh, what the Canaanites had, were doing as far as their worship and stuff they didn't want them to, to, to drag them down a different path as we see throughout the history that that ended up happening so what is uh, as we look at that uh, Elazar had an objection to this he said Okay, so I'm going to a foreign land. I'm going to tell him to come back and marry somebody. Wouldn't it be better if I took your son with you, with you and stuff? And, you know, if a guy comes into town with a bunch of gold and silver and ten camels, he's going to get everybody's attention. If he starts telling the girl, will you come back with me? And he goes, well, this guy must be pretty homely. <laughs> so, so, you know, he says, wouldn't it be better if I take him with me to show? And, and Abraham wants nothing to do with that whatsoever. Uh, because um, dangers, and he doesn 't want to take any chance of messing up what god 's plan is for uh, for what 's supposed to happen there, so so he tells him no, but he also tells him, God spoke to me, an angel is going before you, and uh, that 's a confidence builder you know I, I know it would help me. It would have been real good if he'd just popped out there this morning <laughs> so um But as we, as we look at this, we know that Abraham, while his, you know, he had ups and downs in his faith and stuff. He, God was completely in control and and he knew it. He trusted him and he got his reassurance from God. And while we don't, you know, hear him audibly daily or have an angel walking beside us. We have his word now that's put there to do the same thing for us so that we can believe in his promises and we, and we know that he's going to do what he said he's going to do for us. So he did give him the, the option of um, you can't find a woman, then you don't have to worry about your oath. You, know, you don't have to. You won't be bound if you, don't, uh, if you don't find somebody that goes. So as a servant, you know, he's been watching Abraham for a long time. So when when he gets his opportunity to do this, he immediately prays to God for help, which, you know, he is so it's rubbed off. Abraham is evangelized in an essence to him because he fully trusts Abraham's God as well. And I thought in verse 14, oh, I guess I didn't have it close enough. So, so I guess in first verse 14, I really like the word in there that um, he talks about, he said, in choosing the wife for Isaac, he said, the woman that you have decided upon, he says, the servant didn't have any responsibility in this. My only responsibility is go and have you hand me this lady to, to take back to Isaac. He, you know, he knew that it was God who was going to decide who Isaac's wife was. So, um, so very seldom, as we go to God, do we have that kind of confidence to just say, I'm done with this, it's yours, I'm going to hand this over to you, trust you completely, whoever it is, you know, so that's the, that's the kind of faith that he had because of the faith that Abraham had shown over the years. So, so he takes off for about 500 miles and uh, um, heads back to where Abraham came from, and obviously, you know, Abraham took a bunch of people with him, but there was still some people that stayed, some of his brothers weren't they talk about God, whether or not they refuse to go with him or what. We don't really know the, the thing on that, but they were still back there. And uh, they had had, he had had eight sons and some daughters and so forth. So, um, so he heads on back there. And when he gets there, you know, like I said, he gives a very specific prayer Um I don't want there to be any doubt, so she needs to give me some water she needs to give me some camel or give me give my camel some water she needs to accept my jewelry, take me home, and give me a place to stay tonight as long as she does that. I'll know that that's the right person <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so wouldn't that have been great have <laughs> that so so, so, so so there's a big passage in between here on the on the uh they're going through exactly what happens and we're not, we're not going to read that one thing there but just to kind of summarize it he goes there this happens just as you know he gets there just right in the nick of time and stuff and and Rebecca comes up she does all the things that that he had prayed for and then he asks if they had a place for him to stay and she says absolutely and you know she says I'm the daughter of this and this and this who's of that and Unfortunately, we don't have to do that every time we talk to somebody and <laughs> explain who we're from. But, um, but he immediately responds in praise. And he knows that God is, is fulfilling Abraham's promise, or the promise to Abraham. And so when this, it's to me, as I was reading through this, over and over, he would just pray very specific and praised very specific. He never... At, one, at any point in this, said, boy, I did it, you know, this. He just gave it all to God and uh, gave God the glory for it right in front of everybody, you know. We're talking, I'm dropping to my knees and praising God, you know, that kind of thing. So there was no, no bashfulness about about where the, the power was coming to do this. So he goes back to the house, talks to them, and... Um, Everything that happens just falls in line. So that brings us to Genesis twenty-four, fifty through 61. And it says, Then Laban and Bethuel, should have practiced that a little bit, said that no matter, said the matter comes from Yahweh, so we cannot speak to you, neither good or bad. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let let her be the wife of your master's son, as Yahweh has spoken. Now it has happened that When Abraham's servant heard the words, he bowed to himself to the ground before Yahweh. The servant brought out more articles of silver and articles of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. And he also gave her precious things to her brother and her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. And they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and mother said, Let the young woman stay with us for a few days, even ten. Afterwards she will go. And he said to them, Do not delay me, since Yahweh had made my way successful. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the young woman and ask about her wishes. Then they called Rebekah, and they said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Thus they sent sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands, and may your seed possess the gates of those who hate him. Then Rebecca arose with her young women, and they mounted the camels, and they went after the man. So the servant took Rebecca and went. So as we look at how, like I said, we didn't read all that in between, but as he, as he gave them step-by-step details of, of his trip there, they couldn't deny. And we don't I mean they do they do say in there, you know, this is of God. So we know that they at least acknowledged God was, was a, a part of the plan, that they had not there was nothing that they could do to to stop that and they had no intentions of stopping that. Um they knew it was appointed by God. Um and like I said, immediately he fell to the ground again and, and then he completed his, his gift giving to Rebecca, you know, basically a sort of a dowry of sorts that they gave him. So um then they treated him, you know, they fed him and all, up to this point, he refused any food or anything like that until he took care of the business. And while this is just a little thing, you know, we go in there, there's, there's probably a lot of times when we know that there's work for God to be done and we're, yeah. I get, I'd really like to do this, I'd really like to do that, I can talk to them later, I can see about that later, I can read the Bible later. And stuff, and he had something that he knew was on his heart that God wanted him to do, and so that's what he, he pushed through with, even over food. So guys, you know, <laughs> you gotta think about that. So, so um, after they ha- gave him all the hospitality and stuff, um, he wanted to leave, and they said, you know, well, can't we stick around for a few days and eat some more and, and do all this? And and there's a lot of reasons, you know, he's excited to get back to Abraham. Abraham's 140 years old. He wants to get back. He's got 500 miles to go. He doesn't know how long, you know, Abraham could be gone anytime. So, so it's understandable that he wants to get going. And it's understandable that the mom wants to see her daughter because she's not going to see him a lot, after, or her a lot after that. Um, but they, they offer to let Rebecca make the choice. And she says, I will go. And it, it's interesting, though, she, she gets a choice of when she will go. Not if you know they've already said it's a done deal, she's yours to take back. Do you want to leave now or do you want to wait a week? You know, but she, she you know goes ahead and goes. she feels comfortable, she's ready to, to, to go ahead and do that. and so and so they start making their way back with, uh, with all the camels and, and all that kind of stuff. so so I don't know where we're at here, way too early. <laughs> so um, questions on on any of this that took place or any of the storyline that was going in between here. So it's important that as we look at this that, you know, as you know, as Ian and stuff's taking you through the Bible here, there's this thread through there constantly, leading us to Christ, but also just just showing how God's connected and there's a lot of times we feel like God we're not as connected to God as we should be or we're not we're not somewhere on that road to, to forgiveness and blessings and and so forth. but everything that God does and all the words that he speaks they keep connecting to there, showing that he's trying to bring all mankind back to him I mean that's that's the thing that's going through here had this not taken place we couldn't trust that the whole world was gonna be blessed. And that's that's where we come in. Because up to this point, you know, it's just the, the Israelites and stuff are gonna be the ones that are blessed and stuff. But he promised Claire back in, then that we'd be a part of this also. And so had this not taken place, we couldn't really be sure whether or not he'd be able to get us all blessed in the end if Isaac didn't finally end up with some kids. And another thing, as we look at that, you know, Isaac and Rebecca were, well, like I said, a match made in heaven. All that, as we get into the next few chapters, you'll see that didn't guarantee peaceful getting along with each other. <laughs> now there, there was, you know, they they had both had their favorite kids. They had all. There was a little bit of deceit going on in there. So just because we make a decision to follow God and to really give our lives to God and to trust to God. Trust in God and what his plan is for our life and think that's clear as a bell. And then we trip and stumble. And so that doesn't mean that it was any, any less of a change in you when, when, God, when you accepted Christ and God came into your heart. You're still you're going to stumble. You, it may not be perfect as God, as God would like it to be, and he did it, but he still allowed these people to make their mistakes, and to do their things that they did, make their bad decisions, make the choices that they made, and he still blessed the whole world with everything that they did. So we need to remember that we can still function and be useful in God's kingdom, even if we goof up. So. Anything else today? Yep. Thank you. I'm sorry, that... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they're they're assuming is, because that's what he talked about in Genesis 15. Yeah, I I think the the fact that it had been mentioned before in Scripture, and plus the fact that um, it said he was over everything, and we've been with him for at least 65, 70 years and stuff that, you know, he was a well-trusted person in Abraham's uh, clan of folks on there, so. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that was that exactly, yeah, and it was interesting because a couple of commentaries I read kind of lent to the fact that, you know, well, they didn't go because they may not have been God-fearing brothers and so forth like that, but, I mean, they said, this is Yahweh, what else choice will we have? So it's obviously they, they at least recognized that. They had obviously heard, what Abraham said, because he didn't just pack up and leave without giving them the whole story that God promised me this, and and God, you know, gives it to him several times. So that's, it is, that they, you know, there was definitely a part of that whole plan for them to to know that that many descendants would come from him. Don't forget your homework, I think I'm supposed to say that. (laughs) All right. Well, I thank you guys very much for your patience and to and be in here this morning. And uh, you all have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you.